Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 65 and up or not quite there yet, everyone can begin preparing to finish well. Now, here's your host, Randy Hess, with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habecker. This is Hal Habecker again with Finishing Well Ministries. It's a joy to be with you. We have this podcast. Randy Hess is usually my compatriot. Uh, we do this together. But God has another mission for him right now, and I'm sure he's going to be back just sure as I'm talking to you. Next week or two, we'll retool this again. But I'm taking advantage of this break to just share my heart. It's been eight years ago that we finished, that we launched, that I want to say God launched Finishing Well Ministries. I'm married, have three kids, six grandkids, and God has worked in my life in just the same way he works with anybody. He leads us. He moves in our lives. In my first podcast, uh, the one I just finished, and hope you've listened to it, you know, I just shared a few biblical convictions that drive me, that lead me, that shape my thinking. Hope you enjoyed those. Love to hear from you and the kinds of things God is doing in your life. So in this podcast, uh, I want to talk about some people convictions. I talked mostly about biblical convictions and biblical characters in the first story. By the way, one of the biblical characters that just really moves me again are, are all the women who were with Jesus throughout his life and his death. They were anchor points in the church. And then I, I love to meet Anna in Luke chapter 2. She served in the temple all her life as a widow. For all those years, she made me think of my mother. I mean, just, anyways, uh, Vicki has a great deal of, my wife has a great passion and ability to, to communicate with women, and she's been on this podcast, and you're going to keep hearing her again and again more in the future. But uh, I want to tell you some people that are built into my life. So well, they're mostly men in my life. My mother is an example of a woman who God has used deeply in my heart, her deep conviction for God. How, how could I escape that? I mean, I have my mother's Bible. It's, it's written in, it's used, it's falling apart. I, anyways, she's had a huge impact in my life. But I want to tell you my story about God, how he has used people in my life. Uh, I'll start in my, my seminary years, my older years, after I finished at Taylor University. I'm just going to name a bunch of people, and I hope you catch a picture of how God works in my life. The first one I want to mention is Walt Baker. After I finished at Taylor, I wanted to go overseas a little bit. I started a seminary in Philadelphia and dropped out. Still wanted to go to seminary, wasn't sure, but I went to Haiti as a summer missionary. And I met a man by the name of Walt Baker. He redirected my life. Now, he's, again, 25 years older than me. I mean, catch that drift. How does God use older people in life? Walt said to me, if you want to study the Bible, I would encourage you to go to Dallas Seminary. For a number of reasons, I never wanted to go. Being from Hershey, Pennsylvania, never been to Texas. Long and short, Walt encouraged me to go. I felt the Spirit calling me to go, and it changed my life. Yeah, how often does God move and it changes your life at various ages? And I want to say at 74, it's still happening. God is changing my life through people I meet, people who I've met, people who have been a part of my life. 
Walt changed my life. Howard Hendricks changed my life. He was a professor at Dallas Seminary, perhaps one of the more well-known professors, but he had a personal impact on me. I was privileged not only to be in his classes, but I went through a personal discipleship process with him and about 10 other men, classmates. In 1999, he gave a lectureship at Dallas Seminary. I finished in 78, 20 years, or not, say, yeah, 78, 20 years earlier. He gave a lectureship called The Edge of Eternity. I was in the middle of my pastoring years. Uh, on the edge of eternity was wrestling with the aging process for himself and for the church. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, why am I hearing this? How does God want to direct me? And little did I know at that point, that 16 years earlier, the one I, we started finishing well ministries. So God is working away in my brain through the influence of people about my vision for aging people in my own aging years. I have to embrace Prof's influence in my life. Vernon Grounds was president of Denver Seminary. I heard him speak when I was uh, in, in second grade at a church in Jonestown, Pennsylvania. All of my years growing up, I mean, think about it, through junior high, senior high, college, Vernon Grounds was etched in the back of my mind. He came to our church and preached every Thanksgiving for a number of years. So I heard him, and then we moved, and we didn't go to that church anymore. But he was in my brain, and when I had the opportunity to do a doctor of ministry degree, I went to Denver Seminary because Dr. Grounds was, he had just finished his presidency, and he was my mentor. You know, we would sit and talk for hours about aging issues. And I never thought then, where is God taking all this? But now I look back and say, God, you had my life mapped out. <laughs> and I want to say, isn't that what he does with all of us? Isn't that what he has been doing in your life? As a man, as a woman, as an older person, as a mom, as a dad, as a grandparent. He's working away, leading us through people, mentors, people who influenced us in our lives. I think of Joe Bailey. I, I could say tons about everybody, every one of these people. He was one of the more, more creative thinkers I've ever met. I often said, if I could work for anybody, I'd work for Joe Bailey. Well, God gave me the opportunity because he was the head of the Christian Medical Society for a while. And that's how God led me into the Christian Medical Society. I attended Joe's funeral. I mean, he impacted my life. I flew to Chicago to be in the service for him. He taught me some things that, you know, they're just unique to him and what God taught him. He impacted my life. Dr. Leon Ware, he was an orthopedic surgeon in a medical dental Sunday school class that I taught in First Baptist Church, Dallas, Texas, for a number of years. Dr. Ware was a senior orthopedic surgeon. He would be what we would call the dean, the, the father of orthopedic surgery in Dallas for maybe two decades. He, he, he latched on to me. And I don't know why. By the way, I, I just have to throw this in. 
for uh, every man and every woman listening to this voice and every man and every woman who follows Jesus and they are, we are in our senior years, we ought to latch on to younger people. I, I mean, just latch on to them and don't let them go. Love them, pour our lives into them. Well, Dr. Ware did that to me. I, you know, I, I, I can't explain it anymore. I wish I had another hour. I could talk, tell you what he did with me and how he loved me and how he mentored me. Really powerful. There was another businessman, lawyer in the church who influenced me greatly, Ed Yates. You know, and, uh, he was in our Sunday school class as a lawyer, businessman. It was primarily physicians and dentists, but there were other people, other professional people in the, the Sunday school class. And they were just crazy about how it all worked out in my life. You know, I met with Ed mostly on, sometimes off, almost monthly for 30 to 40 years. Poured his life into me. He was a leader. He loved me. He mentored me. So my challenge today is these older men have, <laughs> have disappeared out of my life. They've all died and gone to heaven. I still look for older people. I have a friend who I just visited with yesterday. She is 103, still pouring her life into younger women, teaching them, discipling them. And she has reasonably good health. And she doesn't look a day over 80, in my opinion, or six, or whatever. I'm stunned. I mean, these are people that have shaped my life. And there are people that God has used in my life. It leads me to the next conviction that I want to share. And I hope it's your conviction. I really, I really I do. I want to say God set it all up. When we finished at Dallas Bible Church in 2015, I, you know, I have this impression that God had set me up for what I'm doing. He started setting me up when I had that verse, Psalm 9012 and Nancy Johnson calligraphied it, and I have it on my wall today. I think back over these years, and I want to say I don't have any choice but to do what God has led me to do. That is growing in Christ, loving my wife, loving my kids, pouring my life into others, and developing a sense of purpose and meaning at 74 or wherever you are in your life. God set it up. John Mazel, who is the founder of East West Ministries here in the Hope Center where we office, has a quote that I love. It just resonates with this. I'll read it twice. If you want it, I'll send it to you. All that God has done in and through you up until this point is merely preparation for all he intends to do in you and through you going forward. Let me say it again. All that God has done in and through you up until this point is merely preparation for all he intends to do in you and through you going forward. In other words, God is thinking ahead of you for your life. What are you going to do? What are you going to be? How are you going to grow? How are you going to influence others? How are you going to pray? How are you going to impact the world? What's your sense of purpose and vision in these years? I just think it's absolutely incredible. It seems to me that's the way God always, God has always been ahead. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, is a verse that my mother etched in my mind as a kid. 
God always goes ahead of you. He told Moses, I'm going to go before you. He told Joshua, I'm going to go before you. He goes before every one of us, paving the way through our life. And our vision is to follow him, just like he called the disciples. Follow me, and I will make you into me, my image. Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, that's Jesus, might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. God wants to do that in my 74th year. As I anticipate my 75th birthday, he wants you to think through every year that you have yet to live and say, that's me. Learning and aging myself has just been the best discovery process. I, I know very little, but I keep learning. I think of J.I. Packer in 2013, I had the ability to take a course from him on 2 Corinthians. Uh, there are memories in that class that I'll, that they're etched forever in my mind. Watching this man at the age of, he was in his late 80s then, here he died just a few years ago, and he wrote this little book, Finishing Our Course with Joy. He writes it as an aging person, discovering the joys of finishing well for the glory of God. You know, and he, he set this up. I read his book back in the 70s, Knowing God. Always dreamt of studying with him. So here he is shaping my life. I think of Michael Parker. He's a compatriot of mine. Uh, he's a gerontologist at the University of Alabama. He was until God led him to start a full-time ministry with aging people. It's called the James Houston Center for Aging and Wellness. Michael's become a very close friend of mine. We pray on the phone somewhat regularly. We share ideas. And by the way, I'm, I'm just greatly concerned and I mean greatly fulfilled and energized by what God is doing amongst aging people in our country. New ministries are being launched, started, making a difference in life wherever we go. I'm encouraged by that. And the other thing I'm encouraged by is just my own family. You know, you continue to age in place in your family with your, grow, with your kids as they grow, in your marriage as you grow older together, with your grown kids, with your grandkids. I don't have any great-grandkids yet, but we have six grandkids. So I think about what's my role with them? What does God want for me to be and do in their life to encourage them, to enrich them, to share my experiences and my purposes with them, to encourage them as they grow and develop? And then I have my own siblings, uh, brothers and sisters, my own network of friends. I mean, my family, these, these are critically important people. And I feel like, again, God has set me up for aging well in these years for fighting the fight, for completing the course and keeping the faith for every year God has for me. Another conviction I have, I have two more that I want to share with you. The conviction of growing ourselves and pouring ourselves into generations coming behind us. I mentioned Leon Ware earlier, Dr. Leon Ware. He latched on to me. God has people in your life that he wants you to latch on to. There are a couple of young men that I spend time with on a regular basis. I think of Dennis Rainey's in it, Dennis Rainey's book called Stepping Up. And in his fourth stage of manhood, he talks about mentoring. 
he talks about how he has never been without men he's pouring his life into on a regular basis. And then his fifth season of life, he's talking about patriarchs and matriarchs. That's why we're here for these aging years to pour our lives into younger people coming behind us. Would you do that? I hope you're doing that. I hope you give your life away to younger people. Now, my last conviction that I just want to talk about briefly is uh, the years ahead. You know, I'm 74. Obviously, none of us know what God has ahead of us, what, what's for us, what's waiting for us, whether it's good or bad. Uh, the Lord gives and Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord is Job's testimony. Uh, the years may be challenging. They typically are as we age and the body weakens. Uh, but I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, therefore we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is wilting or decaying, our inner man is growing more than ever before. That's my translation of it. I love it. So I have no personal plans to stop. I have no personal plans to disengage from finishing well ministries. I, I do have a passion to live well with my family. I do have a passion to live well with friends and encourage others. I have a a continuing passion to be a pastor. I, I just, God has given me a shepherd's heart and I want to continue to love people. So I have no plans for backing off. Um, if my health deters, you know, I will, but I, I want to press on like Paul. I'm whatever it is God has for me. I want to press on with my family. I want to press on with my grown kids. Uh, they're all in their forties. Uh, movers and shakers and being what God wants them to be. And I want to encourage them. I want to be their biggest cheerleader. I want to pray for them more than ever before. They are in their own worlds fighting new battles, which I've never had to face. I, I see them from how I watch them from my vantage point, but I want to encourage them. I want them to be filled with the spirit to fight in their own battles and to embrace their own opportunities as they grow in Christ every day and rear their own kids. I'm fanning the, the flame of encouragement for them. I want to be there with them. And finishing well ministries, I, I, our borders need to expand. You know, one of the mysteries for me as being a pastor is I, 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 I ponder why has the church hesitated in affirming el, el, older people, elders in our culture, in our churches? Why do older people feel alone and isolated in a church where they've poured their lives out all the years. Yes, they're tired. Yes, they want younger generations to pick up the mantle, but they don't want to dissipate themselves. They don't want to slink into the background. They want to love. They want to care. They want to pray. I think of Acts 2.17, where Peter preaching on Pentecost, quoting from Joel 2.28, your old men and your women will dream dreams. Your younger men and women see visions, your sons, your daughters. But the older people in the church have dreams for the kingdom of God. How do those dreams get fanned? How do we get people to listen to them? Why don't elders survey their older population and say, what are your dreams for the church? Where do you, how do you see yourself making a difference? We, we want you with welcome, open arms to enter this congregation leads to the whole multi-generational appeal to the church. You know, we're not a silo church where the young people go here, the kids go here, the singles go here. 
You know, we're a church of, of generations of people serving God, following him passionately. I love to say, when's the last time you've seen a 78 or 90-year-old person being on the platform, giving an energetic testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ and his work in their lives? Well, churches tend to be younger-driven. I, I, that's great. But where are the churches that are passionate about older people? So I, myself, I want to look for ways to extend the kingdom. I have in our uh, seven essential study, and I'd love for you to go through it, by the way. Uh, the, seventh, the fifth essential is being available for God's work in your life. I give several examples, uh, you know, of people who are just there and God works. He wants to lead. And are you available for him? There are the needs around us all the time. I, we talk a lot about what are your gifts, what are your experiences, what are your passions, and how do they all come together for God's work in your life? So I'm looking for ways, Finishing Well Ministries is looking for ways to find out more churches, more, more Paul Dillos. Paul Dillo is a 79-year-old, 70, uh, he's an entrepreneur, and he's a pastor to senior adults, the First Baptist Church of Daytona. He caught this vision, and he's taught the seven essentials in his church to a group of 60, 65 older people in the church, sharing with them a vision for what God wants them to be. And he's caught the vision himself. So my prayer is, you know, Howard Hendricks used to have a, a saying, may your tribe increase. So my prayer is, may our tribe increase of older people who are trusting God, growing on the growth edge of our lives every day, wrestling with issues, leading the way, being involved, making a difference, not sitting back in retirement. So that's my second podcast today. Thanks for listening. I hope you're encouraged. Uh, if you are, call me, write me. This is crazy. My phone number is 214-533-0301. It's my cell phone. Uh, or write me at hal at finishingwellministries.org. Support our ministries. Give to it. We need people who will be passionate about raising up a wider group of older people making a difference in the church, working with other ministries like Legacy Coalition. I, just, I could go through a host of things, but I want to say, along with Robert Browning, who has impacted my life, the great English poet, grow old along with me, the best is yet to be. That's true for us. It's true for us personally. It's true for our ministry. It's true for our family. It's true for our marriages. It's true for our life because heaven awaits us on the other side. What a joy to serve you and Finishing Well Ministries in this way. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will capture our minds and our hearts as much now in our aging years as ever before. And may God bless you and encourage you to that end. And all of God's people said, amen. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Finishing Well podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's conversation to continue living out your God-given purpose. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us at finishingwellministries.org slash podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finishing Well Ministries. We'll see you next time.